It is party time, getting off the rails on a Thursday. Come on with it, Studio 22. We're in the mothership, the puppet master, Mark, driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity alongside Super Chris Cruz. He is pure-blooded. And in the back stretch, we got Let's Love Brandon. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Hey, Chris, guess what I did yesterday? Um, I called my friends at Masterworks. I bought a Keith Herring. Let's go. And I bought a... Um, I bought a... Uh, an Ed Roche. Come on. Come on with it. I just saw, did you see that you can now purchase, I didn't like it, not my cup of tea, but you could purchase a Albert Olin. Yeah. So. Now, my thing is, Chris, see, what you just said is what you can't do. It's not your cup of tea. Don't look at the art. But Don't. if I'm going to hang it in my house, well, I want it to it'll be It'll never pretty. hang in your house. Well, I just make a copy and just paste it I to mean, the wall. I mean, listen, the, the herring is going to go for at least $41, 51000 100%. 100%. Yeah, so I think it's a good investment. I mean, when you got so much money, you're now investing in pieces of art. Chad, it's that's crazy. The only I like Masterworks. They're good people. They're a sponsor of the show, so this is free advertisement for them. Uh, they're good people over there. And by the way, we all know why you ran for governor. Is to be the richest cowboy yes. in Texas ever. Yes, ever. Ever. I'm going to have to talk to the executives upstairs about a raise here at Blaze TV. Oh, my goodness. Good to be with you guys. Good to be here on a Thursday. Later on in the show, our friend Jonathan Isaac with the Orlando Magic. Uh, he's got a new book out called Why I Stand. He took a chance. He did. He stood with his convictions, and he literally stood. When everybody else on his team was kneeling for the anthem, he stood, and he also refused to get the vaccination. Uh, tells that story. It's incredible, uh, his journey, not just about standing, but just in life. Uh, why I Stand. I want you to get it. It's available at bookstores now. And uh, he's going to be with us later on in the show, so you don't want to miss it. Good dude. Super good dude. Uh, man, there's so many things I want to get into, Chris, that I, like it actually, like I want to talk about them all at once. I want to talk them all at once. So now a little update. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but Uvalde Police and the school district are no longer cooperating with Texas investigation. They're not cooperating with the DPS. They're not talking to the Department of Public Safety. Um, as far as their, you know, the investigation into the police response. Now, my takeaway on that deal uh, is probably like, you know, you don't want to talk to the authorities without a lawyer present. So it's kind of like you have the right to remain silent. So I kind of think that they don't want to be talking to give up kind of any incriminating thing because you could see some criminal investigation come out of this. Um, but it's it's sad to see. It's sad to see. And while I appreciate... Now, again, a lot of people, we had um, Jorge Ventura on the show. He gave his analysis of what he saw firsthand this there. Um, you know, the key to doing an interview is you, you want to let the guests speak. Uh, you know, I still have a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions about what's going on here. You know, you got a helicopter, a, a medevac helicopter that took off and went to Uvalde before the shooting even happened, apparently, according to the flight logs. Um, you know, we, there's a huge controversy over the door being propped open or was it a malfunction? It didn't lock back. <clears throat> Either way, why is this teacher going out that door that's supposed to be closed and locked during school hours? Uh, you know, just things again with the delay. Was he 
Uh, did he wait five minutes before he went into the school, or was it 12 minutes? There's multiple reports on that. There's so many things, man. And I just, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back to what I said on the show. I'm not going to speculate right now. I'm going to ask questions, but I'm not going to draw conclusions at this point because I don't, I don't think this situation deserves that. And I want to encourage folks to do the same thing because I was reading the live chat. I was reading you guys the live chat on YouTube when we were watching the show with Jorge and everybody immediately was saying, you need to talk about this. You need to talk about this. And then eventually we did get into all those things. But uh, um, everybody's got a conspiracy theory. And I hate that. But anyway, that's what's going on right now. Now, the more fascinating, the more fascinating thing that's happening in our world right now is Jill Biden, who likes to fext with her husband. Um, they, uh, she, she said that they uh, engage in fexting. That's how they settle their disputes. Apparently, Jill and Joe have a little argumentative streak, and they don't want to do it in front of the Secret Service, so they fight over text. Uh, I got a feeling that's Jill being just freaking bossy. Like, if I'm picking up on that, that's just her being a bitch. Um... So when Joe Biden was vice president, the couple decided to settle disagreements by text to avoid fighting, hence her phrase fexting. We'll talk about that in a minute. In the presence of Secret Service agents, they dubbed it fexting. Um, now, if you look up the word fexting, Urban Dictionary has a completely different meaning. It's not fighting over text. Um, it's, uh, it's texting someone else while you're effing. <laughs> while you're having sex with someone, which, again, requires a lot of talent. I can walk and chew gum, but I don't know if I can, you know, uh, uh, participate in coitus at the can same I, time um, texting somebody. Can I challenge you? Maybe this weekend you put this into a experiment? <laughs> you want to challenge me? I appreciate your good faith in me, Chris that you assume that I will be making sweet, sweet love to someone. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that you believe in me. I've gained 20 pounds. I don't know that anybody wants to make sweet, sweet love to this. You don't want, look at this. This is not, this is not what you want on top of you right now. This is not, I, I do not look like Channing Tatum anymore. I did, in my mind. That's what I was told. Um, anyway, so maybe this weekend, here's the thing, Chris, I'm going to text you this weekend okay. a couple of times. Okay. Just know that at one of those points in time, I'm probably naked okay. with another human being. Okay. All right. And you'll never know which one it is. Okay. You'll never know which one it is, Chris. You just assume that all of them, but since we're in June, it may be with another man. I might be manning up. I might, I might, you know, maybe it's me and Andrew Heaton or something. We got to get Andrew Heaton back on this show. I missed that dude. Uh, what? Yeah, look at my picture. That's my, that, I didn't put it, uh, I, I put it out there. I said, I don't know if I'm doing this right, but uh, I just wanted to celebrate the covenant with Noah. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do. I just want to celebrate the fact that God promised he would never flood the earth again. He would never destroy people. Um, um, you think you think Joe and Jill still get it on? Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. Think so? I think Jill Jill's kind of a hot to trot toddy. By She's way, ready to go. If you tell me that the seventy nine year old president is not using 
President Biden in bed, he's doing it all wrong. <laughs> because you know he did it while he was vice president. <laughs> Let me just tell you, if I'm texting somebody, if I'd have won the governorship of Texas, she better be calling me governor. She better be calling me governor. Um, in fact, this weekend, whoever I'm with better be calling me governor. And if they want to get kinky, they can say, governor, governor. Uh, I saw a meme day before yesterday. I don't know if this is true or not, but now gas prices in California, certain parts of California, over $8? What? Record highs. Uh, And so what's Joe going to do? Joe is going to create an office. That's what Joe does. That's what these Democrats do. That's what actually is what they all do. I'm sick of all of them, Republicans, Democrats. Uh, it's all about big government. It, it, when there's a problem, when there's a problem, there it is, 725 for the cheap stuff. 775. I can't imagine what diesel is. They probably don't even have diesel in California. I'd be SOL. Um, he's creating an office of environmental justice. That, that would be a shitty television show right there. The office of environmental justice where we drop the hammer on people who pollute polluters beware um that's what they want to do they want to assist in building an environmental justice workforce that means your tax paying dollars right there are gonna go to a worthless piece of governmental bureaucratic bullshit (laughs) and you get to pay for it um There you go. Blunt truth is that many communities across our nation, particularly low-income communities, got to always throw that in there. Got to always throw that in there. You got to pull on those heartstrings. And communities of color, there it is, continue to bear the brunt of pollution from industrial development, poor land use decisions, transportation and trade corridors. There's so many things I want to say right now that would get me in trouble. Meeting the needs of these communities requires our focused attention. God, God forbid you live in a developed society. God forbid you have buses that take you places and airplanes to transport your. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so we're establishing the Office of Environmental Justice. Bah, bah, bah. Nah, 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 nah. I, you know what? I want to write a theme song. That's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do. But see, here's how Joe. I want to play this video for you real quick. Here's how Joe. Here's how Joe handles it right now. Um, <laughs> where uh, when Joe gets asked questions by reporters, here's his modus operandi. Play it. That's why we're meeting folks, and thank you for coming in. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Just stares blankly. And his aides just rush him out. You know what that reminds me of? Just running everybody out. It's like 2 a.m. at the bar. You know, the lights come on. You, can't, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Um, last call. You're out. Got to go. Got to go. I got to go. Got to go. So, you know, God forbid. God forbid. Do you remember when Donald Trump would have a press conference every single day during COVID? Every day. And just stayed there and talked to him. Loving it. Uh, but you never know what Joe, Joe's going to say. And then uh, Janet Yellen, this is old news at this point, Janet Yellen, play that clip. Was it a mistake, Madam Secretary, to downplay this inflation risk 
Did that contribute to the problems we're all seeing right now? Well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then <laughs> about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. That's, just, that's the Treasury Secretary right there, Janet Yellen. She says, I was wrong. No kidding, Janet. When do you think is the last time Janet pumped her own gas? Yeah, yeah maybe. Nah, nope. Do you even know what the gas prices are? I bet she doesn't know what a gallon of milk costs. I bet she doesn't know what a, a loaf of bread costs. I bet she doesn't know what a, a carton of eggs. None of that stuff. Of course you were wrong. You're not. You're out of touch. You're 117 years old. You don't know. You should be in assisted care at this point. Not trying to run the treasury. We already know you guys want to run it into the ground. We already know that you think deficits and debt are a good thing. We already know that you can print trillions of dollars without anything to back it up of any realistic value. So, no, we know you're wrong when you say that inflation was transitory, when you say that inflation was blamed on Putin, whatever you say, blah, 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 we give this jobs growth number, whatever they keep trotting out here is a bunch of horses. You know you're wrong because here's the thing. You've been fed the lies yourself so many times. You've spewed them out. You just, just like Joe Biden, just like Joe Biden talking about guns. Like, here's the thing. You're going to say a high-powered nine millimeter is going to blow the lung right out of the body. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. You've been fed the narrative so many times, you don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Did you see the NPR article that said that AR-15s, a five-five-six round, will decapitate a person. I mean, you're either pushing a a political narrative for an agenda or you're just stupid and ignorant. I'm going with both in that regard. I mean, tell me you've never shot a rifle without telling me you never shot a rifle. Come on. I want to go. And then, and then, and then, who was it, Chris? You sent me the tweet, the article, talking about uh, all blacks in America should go out and buy an AR-15, and then Republicans would want gun control. No, they'd just be more buddies to hang out with at the gun range. Come on. I want to do a clip. I wish, I wish Blaze would let us shoot some shows on location. I really wish they would. Come on, guys. If you're watching this show, are you listening? Executives, I want to go to the gun range. I, I want to go over to Texas Gun Experience. Do you want to go? Yes. Okay. The, all you I want to sit down on location. Okay. Let's have some chat. All you have to do is turn to your left and say, hey, Chris, let's go to the gun range. Chris has got the power. Let's go. And you know why they don't tell Chris no? Because he's brown. Hey, in Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted. The police are condemned. It's sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and your family. Yes, I said it. iTarget Pro is the way to go. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range. And with inflation causing the price of ammunition to skyrocket, you're going to save a ton. Just download iTarget's proprietary app. Load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. 
uh, iTarget is going to help you develop muscle memory. It's going to sharpen your target reaction speed, your sight alignment, your trigger function. You're just going to get used to your firearm, and you're going to shoot it better. iTarget Pro is going to come in all the major calibers, most of which you own, including your 223, so you can shoot your AR-15 and stay sharp with every firearm you got. So go to iTargetPro.com. That's the letter I targetpro.com right now save 10 percent plus get free shipping with offer code chad i spell it chad it's a great gift for father's day less expensive than the hours at the range letter i target pro itargetpro.com use offer code chad we're right back All right, welcome back, welcome back. It's that time. We're going to do a little bit earlier today, actually, to wax eloquent. Folks, do you have any idea how difficult it is to fashion a cowboy hat out of tinfoil? I can do it. I've never done it, but I believe I could, you know. I got that sneaking suspicion that it might just be about time for me to find out. Uh, You know, Karl Marx once said that religion is the opiate of the people. I'd like to submit that conspiracy theories, generally speaking, are the half-cooked meth of the people. No less a thinker than Sam Harris once referred to conspiracy theories as the pornography of doubt, and he was right to do so. But uh, sometimes a cigar really is a cigar. Not all slippery slopes are fallacy created, and Superman really is Clark Kent. Sorry, that's a spoiler for you. Uh, But folks, I have the unenviable task of coming to you today to propose that maybe, just maybe, the ignominious winds of change that are even now wafting up into our noses signal more than just that the Biden administration has once again accidentally shit the bed. Now, don't shoot the messenger one more time. I'm going to continue to warn you with that. But sometimes it's on purpose that he shits the bed. Now, you might think I'm crazy, and if so, you wouldn't be the first person, and you sure as heck won't be the last, and I'm okay with that. But before you decide one way or the other, let me hit you with a few interesting data points and see if you don't connect the dots the same way that I do. Last month, baby formula out of stock rates hit 70%. That's right. Their out-of-stock rates hit 70%, and the formula will not be restocked until July. So you just kiss goodbye the month of June, folks. This thing is going to get worse before it gets better. That's the first one, and we'll circle back to it, Jen Psaki style. Number two, America's beef supply is predicted to shrink considerably over the summer due to drought and rising production costs. Beef production is expected to go down by 7% by 2023, driving already expensive beef costs through the roof. Now, keep that in your back pocket as well. And let's look at number three. Two brands of strawberries have been recalled because, get this, there's a hepatitis A outbreak in the United States and Canada. Justin Trudeau's up there banning guns, and it turns out he should have been banning strawberries. So the recall on these is huge, and there's a major push not only to toss out the already purchased strawberries, but also to get the hepatitis A vaccine. Okay, here we go. That's only three little headlines, but let's examine the cause behind them. First of all, the formula shortage. By all accounts, this thing came about as a result of a government involvement. It wasn't bad enough that we have supply chain shortages getting worse every day. We've got to shut down the production plants, too. And the beef shortage, they're blaming drought and production costs. Okay, so drought, you can't blame on anybody necessarily. Sometimes it just happens. But what's driving up those production costs? Could it be the rising cost of feed because of shipping issues and inflation? Could it be the same inflation driving up the cost of beef and therefore driving down the rate of consumers buying it? And hey, while we're getting super crazy, what if the government sprayed all those strawberries with hepatitis A so we can get the hep A vaccine? Hmm, which everybody knows 
everybody knows, based on what they've been telling us, puts a tracking chip under your skin. So that, you know, Bill Gates knows where you are at all times. Old Bill, he's watching us. Okay, that last one might be a little bit absurd. Ain't nobody spiking the strawberries, probably. But I have a point I want to illustrate here. If you were the typical liberal watching this, you might engage in a little throwing of the baby out with the bathwater and assume that because one of the things I mentioned is nonsense, that necessarily means the other two are as well. Well, here's the thing. The other two really are part of the conspiracy, but we're far past the stage where the conspiracy has to be all cloak and dagger anymore. If you go to the World Economic Forum's website, you'll find the Great Reset. It's out in the open. Nobody's trying to hide it. And we live under a governmental regime that's in lockstep with the things that those assholes believe in. And you can't remake the world into something new without tearing down what's already there. Folks, the time for tinfoil hats is over. The time for steel nerves has arrived. We have a government in general and an administration in particular that's hell-bent on dragging us into a new paradigm. Because remember, a new paradigm is what leftism always, 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 always seeks. And that's what we're facing. We're in trouble, boys. I have to tell you all that every day, I know. <sighs> well, I'm about to get to that, Chris. Tens of thousands of chickens killed in Minnesota farm fire. That's right. An estimated tens of thousands of chickens were killed over Memorial Day weekend after a fire tore through a barn located in Howard Lake, Minnesota, burning down the structure in the process. Cause of the blaze is unknown. Forsman Farms. Uh, I bet it would smell delicious, though. I bet it smelled good. Um, it was about 10 p.m. local time. They noticed a massive blaze. A neighbor did while he was enjoying a bonfire with his family. Uh, just burned them up. Boom. There you go. So it's weird how many food processing plants and all these different things that are just catching on fire, burning down. Um, yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, Chris. Now I want chicken. Um Let's talk, let's go back to uh, another thing they're doing in California. California court rules that bees are fish. Yeah, I said, you heard me. They rule that bees are fish and can be, can be protected under endangered species laws. So they want to save the bees. So in order to grandfather them into another law that's already in existence to protect them, they're just now, I mean, if a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man, well, why not? Let the bees be a fish, right? Um, interesting stuff going on in the world today. Uh, hang on to that story. But let's talk about approval ratings, all right? Day 490 of his presidency, Joe Biden, his approval falls below every modern president. There it is. So Trump was at 42.7%. Uh, and you can see the list there. Barack Obama, Barack Obama was 48%. Uh, Bill Clinton was at 509 Jimmy Carter was at 43%, 43.1%. Richard Nixon was at 57% at day 490 Uh, But Joe Biden, uh, he has now got lower approval ratings. Uh, and listen, all of them had lower approval ratings at some time or another um, than, than what I'm showing you here. But I'm talking about on day 490 Um, Pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. So I just... I'm going to propose to you, keep your head on a swivel, because they're going to keep creating crisis after crisis after crisis in order to get old Joe electable again. Um, and also, the midterms are coming up. Someone, I, I got a new shirt out that says, uh, Beto, fake Mexican, real pendejo. Uh, at, at my site, watchchad.com, or prayther.com. 
And we've been selling the mess out of those things. And so when I put it on Facebook, somebody put a deal that said, Greg Abbott is an asshole. They said, we'll just agree to disagree. Uh, which actually, they, missed, they did it wrong. They said, we'll just disagree to agree. I'm like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got to say, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Right? I don't, I don't like either one of them in this situation. I mean, you know, yeah, you got to vote for Joe Biden. Uh, no, Joe Biden. You got to vote for Greg Abbott. Well, you talk about a Freudian right there. You got to vote for Greg Abbott. Uh, because, again, at least we can push him in the right direction. Beto, no. No, 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 no. He's going to be influenced by lefty, lefty, crazy, progressive Hollywood, California, the woke mob, the woke media, big tech, all of it. Uh, that dude doesn't have a spine. We know that. He is a pendejo. Uh, but Greg Abbott, at least we can push in a certain direction. So I'm going to vote for him. But he did violate your constitutional rights 17 times since the beginning of COVID. So I don't necessarily disagree with your meme there, sister. Uh, hey, in this next segment, my buddy, he's my buddy, Jonathan Isaac, Orlando Magic, uh, is going to sit down with us and hang out with us, talk about his new book, Why I Stand. Let me tell you, you remember when Lisa Page used to sit in that chair right there and we have to put pillows behind her just to make her fit? Wait till you see what, it, what it's like to have a dude to six foot ten sitting there. We're going to be right back with Jonathan Isaac. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am happy to welcome to the hot seat on the show today my friend Jonathan Isaac. Got the new book out, Why I Stand. Controversial stuff, man. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be in here in the studios and glad to sit down with you, Chad. I'm glad you're here. Listen, Orlando Magic, seventh round overall pick of 2017, right? Seventh round? There's no seventh. seventh I mean, seventh pick. Seventh no, pick. sixth pick. Sixth pick. Come on, Chad. Sixth pick. Look at me. I want you to look at me, Jonathan. I want you to look at me right now. I'm wearing denim on denim <laughs> with a cowboy hat. How much do you think I know about basketball? I, I, I don't know a thing about basketball. I, I actually dig the boots. I meant to say seventh pick. That is true. Sixth pick. Sixth pick. <laughs> See, when I get good guests on here, I like to insult them right off the bat. But here's the thing, Jonathan. I read this book, and let me tell you my biggest takeaway. Talk the to thing me. I love, the thing that endears me to you is you like grits. I do like you grits. You eat grits. I do, yeah. You talk about an episode in your life eating grits, and I'm like, this yes. is my friend. Yes. This is my friend. Grits with it. a little bit of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You thought we were going to talk about the book. No, we're going to talk about grits. <laughs> Not enough people eat grits. Uh, why I stand. And, and a lot of times people are going to think they already know what this book is about. You right, chose right. what everybody else was choosing to kneel during the anthem. You stood alone. You stood. And it was, a, it was a, out of your conviction. But you'd be surprised to know this is not what the book is about. You talk about that. But, but with the controversy that that brought up, you obviously had to catch a lot of flack. Yeah. For sure. And and we talk about that in the book, too, like the aftermath. And we can't even honestly go into detail about all the things that happened even in the book. Sure. But, but, but yeah, it, it was a very emotional time and people were extremely invested in 
the movement being the thing that is going to heal the black community and ultimately heal, yeah. you know, the, the, the world. And it, it, it just it hasn't been that. And, and kind of from the jump, I, I didn't see it as being able to truly bring healing to the world. I go back and look at certain decisions that I made in my life, political stances, cultural stands that I took, things that weren't always popular opinions. And I know the flack that I catch and I'm nobody. But you're playing for the Orlando Magic. You're a professional basketball player in the NBA. And you're surrounded by a culture that that has a certain idea of how you're supposed to respond to right. these social issues. Right. There's almost a demand for it. I look back on certain things that I've done and I thought, maybe I should have done that differently. Have you had any second thoughts about that at all? You know, honestly, no. You know, with the with the vaccine stuff and, and, and with the standing in the bubble, no. Um, I, I knew what I was standing for and it, it wasn't about me. So it, it wasn't about politics. It wasn't necessarily about culture or anything like that. It was me looking at myself and said, I know what has helped me. I know what has helped heal me. I know what has changed my life. And that, I believe, is the message for the world. And that, you know, that that, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Because you, you took a to use a phrase, you, you took a stand in, yeah. the, in regards to the kneeling. Which, by the way, I, I appreciate the fact that, like, I couldn't kneel if I was six foot ten because it would take me five minutes to get back up. It would take me five minutes to get back up now, right, right now, because I'm fat. But here's the thing, John. But you took a stand when it came to the vaccine as well. Yes, sir. What what motivated you there? Uh, well, honestly, the same kind of things that was going on with you know around the time of Black Lives Matter. Um, it's just the craziness of everything. So yeah. I, I, in the time, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take a step back. I want to figure out what's going on, what is the truth, what is really being said. And then once you get on social media and all those things, you see, you know, just to, it being so forced and people being shouted down and they have any questions or yeah. concerns about what the vaccine could possibly do or anything like that. And I said, you know what, I want to stand with the people who are losing their jobs, the people who medical and religious freedom are being denied. I want to stand with those people on principle. And again, I, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm young. I don't have any comorbidities. I already had COVID in the past. Um, I said, you know what, I, I don't see the wisdom in putting this into my body um, and still being able to to catch the virus and, you know, pass yeah. it on. And so I just said, it's not for me. That, and, and I know you caught a lot of flat. I know you did. <laughs> for sure. I, I saw some of it and, and I can only imagine I only saw a piece of what was really coming your way. It takes a real inner fortitude, but that wasn't your strength that got you through. That. I, ab ab absolutely. And what I, what I love about the book, and I've been saying this in all these interviews that I've been doing, is that it's the book isn't just some highlight reel of this guy being so courageous. It really does take you through the story of the things that I struggled with as a kid, anxiety, fear, self-insecurity, and how through a relationship with Christ, I was able to develop into the man that I am today and having the people around me like all throughout the book who have helped yeah. me to get here. Um, so that coverage absolutely comes from being grounded in the truth that I've experienced what a relationship with Jesus is like. I've experienced what being loved unconditionally is like and what that can do for a person who who is dysfunctional, who has these fears and these different things that are going on. And that's why I said, you know what, I believe that that can be the yeah. answer for the world. Dude, it's an incredible story. And and as I'm, I'm looking through this book and, I, and I'm reading it, and again, I you know, I, I always pick out little things like, really, Florida State? Really? Really? Florida State? <laughs> I went to Georgia. Everybody in my family went to Clemson, so I get the oh, ACC wow. yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught it for going to Georgia, but uh, I'll give you a hard time on that. But the little the little tidbits of your story, like the, the nuances of the relationships you had, the people that impacted you, the relationships that were restored and built right. and created in that – uh, it's a powerful journey, man. And, and at your age, having accomplished so much that a very small percentage of people that ever exist will experience what you've experienced mm. to play pro sports and, and to walk that journey.
you know, to have that kind of grounding and that kind of perspective, do you, do you ever step back and go, do you ever just look at your life and go, man, I'm, I'm glad that I have this perspective? Because it'd be easier just to go with the flow. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it, def, it definitely, there were times where it would have been much easier for me. And, and even in all these different stands where I, I could have just flown under the radar and just did what everybody else was doing um, to fit in or to get along. It's something that I've been used to doing in, 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 in the past. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just, I, I, I think be, getting to those moments of, again, through the journey of growing to where it was like out the moment had to, to be me standing in that moment. It had to be me refusing the vaccine because of the things that were going on because I've been built on this journey of getting there. And so that, that's really what I love about the book is that it's just real. And you're yeah. talking about the, the relationships, relationships and things being restored with my dad um, and meeting all these different people, Coach Gates, Dr. Hepburn, my wife. It's like, that's a real story that people can identify with because we need people. Yeah. Um, and people have ups and downs and triumphs and failures and all of that is in the book as well. You know, one of the biggest things that the hypocrisy, if you will, of the Black Lives Matter movement to me was here you had this opportunity to truly make a difference in the black community. Mm-hmm. It's so much of that. Now we're finding out was squandered, wasted, embezzled, donated or, or used to create, you know, wealth for people and build mansions for the founders and things like that. On the flip side, you did take a stand and now you are giving back because you're actively involved in ministry as well. Yes, yes, sir. I'm, I'm definitely actively involved in ministry at uh, Jump Ministries Global Church in Orlando, Florida. Um, that's where I go. My wife goes there as well. That's the, the doc in the book right. is the is the bishop of. Um, but yeah, and I think even even for me, um, again, that sucks. You know, the, everything that's coming out about the Black Lives Matter movement is awful. And I would say that because of the so many people who invested so much because of the phrase Black Lives Matter. Right. And they had their trust in the phrase and, you know, the organization was free to do what they wanted yeah. to do. But for me, it, it just reiterates for me that I knew from the, the onset that healing is not going to come from an organization. It's not going to come from a movement because the things that we're struggling with racism and all the things that plague our society are heart issues and ultimately the hearts of men need to be changed and that's why I know I decided I I believe that the gospel is the thing that's really going to change the hearts of men Um, but I I think even the 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 more so hypocritical thing is that when 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 the thing with George Floyd happened what we're so used to doing is we automatically take that judge role and say we're the judge the jury and executioner and what this person did is evil but we don't look at ourselves and we don't see ourselves for the wrong that we've done and the way that uh if we were caught in that moment we would want mercy and we would want forgiveness but we don't extend that to other people and so again what the gospel does is it puts everybody on the same playing field and it says we're all in need of a savior we're all wretched we're all wrong all the time and ultimately God is the only one that can truly judge it doesn't mean that people don't deserve consequences for what they do but you render unto people the way that you would want to be treated yourself and I love the advice or at least the the wisdom that Doc gave you when you were catching a lot of the flack about Mm -hmm. choosing to stand and I'm not going to reveal it because you got to get the book why I stand you got to get the book but he gave you a great piece of advice and wisdom about why they do what they do and why you did what you did and and it settled you don't you wish though that we could live in a world where people weren't just I mean today it's like we're so polarized people have to pick a side no matter what the issue is yeah, it, it sucks. It's, de- it's definitely gotten to that point where it's like there's there's is no room for conversation. And I think because because every argument has been made into a moral one, yeah. like take the vaccine, 
if you if you had hesitation about taking the vaccine, you're an evil person. There's no there's no nuance. There's no gray area. It's not just that you're pregnant and you have a little concern about what the vaccine could do. Yeah. It's, it's no, you don't care about the people around you. And I think that a lot of these these issues and even the Black Lives Matter thing where it's like, if you don't support black lives in the way that we're demanding you to do it, then you don't care about black lives at all. Yeah. And that's why I was like, no, that's that's not true. There's other ways to support black lives than, yeah. than kneeling for the anthem and wearing a t-shirt. And so it's just that all of these conversations have been drummed up in a moral way yeah. to where it's easy to shout down the person that you're arguing with because you can deem them as evil. Well, thank you for writing this book, first of all. Um, you didn't have to. You know what I mean? You <laughs> right. didn't have to, right. but you did. And it's doing well. Uh, it's killing it. And, you know, I don't know about you being on Glenn Beck's show because, I mean, that guy, he's a hack. But now that you've been on my show, it'll probably do even better. Absolutely. Fantastic. You're, you're yeah. going to be the guy that's going to take pro- us to I, I want to push you to the next level, yeah. Jonathan. I, I want to get you to the pinnacle. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you gotta, you're welcome, by the way. You, you got to... <laughs> You, just just for the people that are that are listening to you got to give me one more thing one more thing that you that you love Uh-oh. about that you love about the book I love about the book um let's see I you know I, I was impacted by not only the journey of faith but the very last paragraph of the book in fact I'm not gonna give away anything of the book but let me let me take you guys to this I want to read one sentence to come you. on I'm gonna read one I like sentence this. to you he said this is what Jonathan said he said everything I've been through along this journey hasn't been easy, but I promise you it's been worth it. And then you go on, you, you, you go a little bit further. I'm not going to read the last because I want you to say it, but the fact that it's worth it, mm. it makes a big difference. And that's the value in the whole thing. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just, it's like finding purpose, like, uh, going through this journey and like me like kind of like growing as a young man and all those different things i found what i believe the purpose for my life to be and again it hasn't all been perfect because i've had those ups and downs i've made mistakes um i've caught backlash but looking back i have a book and it's something that people are going to be able to tangibly hold and inspire them and encourage them and i know that uh again that's that's what makes it all worth it and you're handsome look at that Look at that right there. Your wife's sitting over there. She knows. Yes. She better know. <laughs> she better. She better know. But then he does something this this right out of my book right here. This is how I do it. Shop at the judacollection.com. You get you got hey, it's a free market, baby. Yeah. It's a free market. You can even go shop at judacollection.com. Go check it out. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank no, you. This, I don't know how you fit awesome. on an airplane, honestly. I, I it gotta be first class and I still I still kinda struggle a little bit even when I'm on there. <laughs> Oh, get the book, Wise Stan. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Judah Isaac. Yes, and that's another thing you're going to learn in the book. It matters. It matters, folks. And it's worth it. Love y'all. God bless you. Jonathan, thank you, man. Yes, sir. God thank you so much for having and, me on. Uh, this has been awesome. Score a lot of points. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, we'll be I right will. back. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Man, I'm so happy that it's Pride Month. Um, there was a teacher. There was a teacher, preschool teacher. Yeah, because this stuff doesn't happen. Remember, every time I bring it up, everybody says, oh, you're just bashing teachers. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. North Carolina, North Kankalanky. Three and four-year-old students is teaching Using LGBT, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transsexual, for those of you keeping score, flashcards. One of them even had a picture of a pregnant man using flashcards to teach colors. 
to the uh, to the three and four year olds. Um, there you go. There you go. The cards are made by now defunct company called Buy Us Box, which also made sets of flashcards showcasing non-binary and transgender animals, gender neutral nursery rhymes, and blackness collection. I got to get me some of that blackness collection. Uh, Daily Mail reported about that. The company has created was created by two women who said they were inspired by the murder of George Floyd. Last summer, months into the pandemic and days after George, George Floyd's murder, we were desperate to transform our feelings into concrete actions. That's what their website says. Black Lives Matter movement was pushing anti-racism conversations further into the spotlight while pandemic lockdowns meant many people were at home feeling unsure of what to do. We quickly moved ahead on an idea we'd already been discussing, a way to bring anti-racism and inclusivity directly into family homes. So there you go, flashcards. Flashcards. Somebody said to me, they said, you conservatives, y'all are all about free speech unless it's, you know, BLM or CRT. Or whatever. Now, look, if I'm a teacher and I'm teaching your kid math and I consistently tell them that two plus two is five. And if they take a test and say four and I say, no, no, two plus two is five. Now, that's not an issue of free speech. That's an issue of misinformation. I'm teaching them wrong. So when you start pumping your ideology into three and four year olds, it's not about free speech because you are limited in what you can say in a classroom when you start pumping them full of ideologies and misinformation. Okay, you're there to freaking teach, not push an agenda or a narrative. There was an Air Force base that was going to have a drag queen story hour event, but the public uh, gave a big old outcry and they canceled it. Um, and that was going to be over in Germany. And, uh, and then, then, you had, then you had a nightclub that was uh, in Duluth, Minnesota that was going to have a kid-friendly drag show. Yeah, you heard all of that, right? A nightclub was going to do a kid-friendly drag show. We've got the tape, but I don't want to play it. I don't want to play it. Uh, one of the participating drag queens told local news it was to help kids understand the daily life for a drag queen king. Um, okay. So there you go. Send your kids to the club. Rock and roll. And then, of course, we've got, um, uh, I think we do have time for this. Can we play the Leah Thomas clip real quick? The words from Leah Thomas. Play them. If you got them. And there are some who look at the data and suggest that you're enjoying a competitive advantage. What do you say to that? There's a lot of factors that go into a race and how, how well you do. And the biggest change for me is that I'm happy. And sophomore year, um, where I had my best times competing with the men, I was miserable. And so having that be lifted is incredibly relieving and all right allow so there you go it was all about how leah thomas felt right i i didn't i, I just didn't feel good it, i wasn't feeling good when i was putting up my best times against men so i had to go kick the shit out of the girls what by the way by the way i'm looking at i'm looking at her and i'm still thinking that's a dude i'm still thinking that's a dude twigs and berries still intact uh, I wanted to get to a TikTok. We don't have time for it. We do have to take a break, though. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right. 
right, tomorrow night, uh, Friday, I'm going to be in Belton, Texas, and uh, going to bring the ragamuffins with me. So come have some laughs, sing some songs with us. We're going to have a good time. Then we're going to be in Bernie, Texas, Saturday night, uh, which is, you know, northwest of San Antonio, big area down there. Come hang out with us at the Roundup. Plenty of room for everybody. And then, of course, legendary, the world's largest honky-tonk, Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to be there Sunday night. Go to watch chad.com that's where all the fun stuff is i want to see you out there uh we're bouncing around going to be in shawnee oklahoma of course we're opening for old blake shelton at highway for highway to henrietta there in henrietta doing a troy aikman's deal his fundraiser annual deal and then we're going to be uh fort smith arkansas we're bouncing around don't forget folks get overtime sign up at blazetv.com slash chad use promo code chad to save and have a fantastic weekend we'll see you on monday love you god bless you